0: Warm greetings to you all. Welcome back to the Spirits and Poetry podcast, a frequency of peace, of of love, of all things of the self. I am your host, Jorge Quintana, and it is, it is a blessing. It is beautiful to be alive today, and I just want to take this moment to just express how grateful I am for you, for tuning in, for being here for being alive today. There's so many things going on in the world, people dying, things changing. And so just the fact that you're here in this moment is, is magic. So thank you for you. And I pray that this, this frequency, this, this podcast episode is able to just bring knowledge and, and love, all love into your life at this moment. I hope you, you are in a state of, of, of peace with yourself because you deserve that. Today's episode is something that I really want to talk about because it's it's also personal, you know, but it's dependency, the way we sell our soul. And I know that title can 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 feel a little heavy, but I think it's a great time to talk about the things we become dependent on, especially at this time where, you know, it's chaotic. There's a lot of reason for stress. So I think as we learn to come to peace with, with the way we cope, right, and, and, and learn to, to be more conscious about the way we live, I think it's also important to examine our dependencies in this world. So if you enjoy this episode, please rate and review on iTunes, even consider following the podcast on Instagram at The Spirits in Poetry. And also, I want to say that I have these two poems from this manuscript I finished uh, about a year ago. haven't done much with the manuscript. But I'm going to do something with it this year. But anyway, I have two poems there. One's called Heaven, one's called Hell. And part of me is just kicking myself. Like, I wish I would have shared them for the Heaven Hell episode. But I will share them today. Because better late than ever, right? (laughs) Oh, man. This year. This year has been a game changer. It's been stressful. Chadwick Boseman is dead. Wow. Like, damn, this year really just didn't give a fuck, you know, like, I, my, I always expected 2020 to just be a lot more about blessings and peace, but fuck, this year did not have to go (laughs) like this, man, but despite that, you know, the chaos, the the distress, the changes, I mean, it brings lessons, and it brings opportunity for growth, I think one of the biggest Things my masters, teachers, loved ones, and the Akashic Records told me this week was, you cannot grow when you're comfortable. When you're comfortable, you have no motivation to move forward, to change things. You can't grow when you're just, you know, comfortable, chilling, relaxing. No, it's in discomfort. That is where our true nature is revealed, and it also reveals our true ambition. What do we really want during this time? So as things change, you know, as as things fall apart, this has been a year where a lot of things have been falling apart because they were being uphol- upheld, upheld by by structures that were that that lacked that integrity. Right. A lot of us were like going head first into careers or relationships or just we were just living in a way that we weren't being mindful of ourselves. And so we created a lot of these relationships, all, a lot of these structures that did not have that solid foundation so a lot of things have fallen apart and I think when things fall apart when you're in chaos when you're stressed that's a great time to check up on how are you coping right how do you cope there's that like fight flight response some of us run from our problems you know some of us you know just break down it's just we just become very frustrated so how do you cope during this time you know and that's why I was thinking about dependency, the way we cope, you know, and, and I, I mean, just sharing personally, I'm someone that copes by not necessarily running from my problems, but I'll like eat, you know, if I'm really stressed, I'll just start eating. And I like eat as a habit because, um, I mean, eating is just good. It's that dopamine, dopamine release, right. And also realizing, Hey, you know, I'm relying on smoking to really, you know, help me mellow out, help me reach my balance. And it's like, if I'm trying to reach a balance for my life, I can't have a, a substance that I'm, I'm depending on, right? And I started thinking of what does dependence mean? So I think this is a great opportunity to define dependence. Or if you look it up, it, it can mean like a dependent or subordinate thing. In the, in the dictionary definition, it's like, a, especially a country or providence controlled by another. So dependency as in being owned. But I think it, when I think of dependency, right, let's talk about the connotation, right? The definitions we, to you know, like assign to words based on the way they make us feel. Dependency, I often think about relying on people, right? Like being a kid and relying on the people that are taking care of you for food. And there's also this word called codependence. If you've ever heard if you've watched any show where one of the characters is like a psych major or like a therapist, you probably heard of codependency and, or maybe you just heard this from your own therapist. And, and it's something that you're like, Oh, what does it mean? Because I also don't really know what it means. I I actually was watching videos on it. I was like, okay, let me really look at codependence. But it's essentially a codependent relationship is where you have an enabler and, uh, I don't want to say addict, but someone who is living in an unhealthy way. And so the video I watched, the definition was, let's say uh, a husband is a gambling addict and their partner essentially enables it by, uh, let's say, working, you know, very hard and staying very diligent, digil- digil- diligent, diligent, sorry, staying very digil- digil- diligent, diligent, diligent. Oh, my gosh. Why, why? Sometimes I just forget how to speak. But being very diligent <laughs> is, is it mercury, retrograde? Why am I having so much trouble talking? Being very diligent about, let's say, paying the bills, making sure that their partner, right, their husband, is 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 you know basically functional, right? You'll wash their clothes, or at least the partner will wash their clothes, pay the bills, you know, feed them, and earn extra money so that their husband can go gamble. That's an enabler. You have someone living in an unhealthy situation, and you have the person that's enabling, and so that's a codependent relationship. The person that's enabling. Uh, They often say that these people uh, might have like self-esteem issues or they're people pleasers or there's a reason why they're like, I know this is unhealthy, but I'm not going to confront you about it. Instead, I'm going to feed your habit. And then you have the person that's dependent or living in an unhealthy way that's like just taking the support and, you know, basically just spiraling downward. And it's important to know what a codependent relationship looks like or what an enabler looks like. Because you could be in one with your friends, with your partner, with your parents, maybe even with yourself, right? Um, if I mean, this is an important time, I think, in 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 the world to just sit back and like, what are your bad habits? What are ways that that you live? What what are things you do in your life that hurt you instead of nurture you? Do you overeat? Do you in, overindulge in drugs or alcohol? Do you, you know, uh, um, Are you relying on coffee just to be able to function? What are your unhealthy habits? Do you overly criticize yourself? Are you a workaholic? So many ways that we've learned to just kind of like cope with ourselves instead of love and, you know, see or validate ourselves. And when you acknowledge these bad behaviors or when you acknowledge these behaviors that are hurting you, now acknowledge who's supporting you to continue to do these things. You know, I, someone should say uh, there's a lot of friends who don't want to see you do better than them. So they'll enable your bad behavior. Uh, they'll enable your your gambling habit, your your drinking habit. I mean, do you ever have those friends that are always out telling you to go out like, hey, uh, come on, let's go get drunk. Let's go do this. Let's go smoke. And when you say no, they just kind of give you like a hard time for it. Like, oh, what do you mean? You're not going to hang out with us. What do you mean? You're not going to crack on with the boys. You know, the people that just support your bad habits. That's a codependent relationship. And that's also why when you start improving and, you know, improving yourself, working on yourself, there's a lot of people that just kind of stop talking to you, codependent relationships. But also let's just get in on dependency as a whole, the, the things we rely on. And this is how it ties into the way we sell our soul. When you're dependent on something, when you need something to function and need something to, you know, get, get just be you, you're Giving your power to that substance. I'll never forget the story one of my, I think it was my psychology teacher in high school told us, but he had a friend who uh, went to school for aeronautics, I don't know, he was some kind of, he was, he was like, uh, he like worked on like jets. And so he went through, he got his degree, but he was like a big stoner. So he was always smoking, like he studied high, took tests high, went through college high. And so what ended up happening when he started working was um, he he basically worked high, too. And so obviously, you know, he ended up smoking through. But what ended up happening is the the way his job found out that he was smoking was they noticed that his performance tended like it tended to like dip when there was a drug test. So whenever a drug test was coming, he just kind of stopped doing a good job. He essentially couldn't work unless he was high. The only way he could get his job done, right, was if he was was high. And so obviously there's a drug test. He's not going to be smoking, so he's not in the right mind state. He gave away his intellectual power to weed. And without it, he wasn't as, he wasn't intellectually competent to work for, I think he was working for NASA or like the Navy or something like that. So for you, let's say you, you go through classes or work with coffee. And if you don't have coffee, you get headaches and you just can't work. You get migraines. You are giving away power to this coffee. And without that coffee, you are nothing, right? Without that coffee, you can't even function. You're dependent on it. Now, dependency doesn't have to be negative, right? It shouldn't be like, look, if coffee is what helps you get through your job, let's say you have kids or let's say you have people who rely on you. Let's just say your job is very stressful. It's okay. It's a, but it's important to know that. It's important to know when you're dependent on something so you, because acknowledging it is the difference between abusing and then consciously taking something if you're like, look, I can acknowledge that that you know I I I drink a lot of coffee and it's something I'm very dependent on. You can make the conscious decision to cut down saying, "Look, I know it's something that helps me work, so I want to keep it, but I'm going to be more conscious about the brands I buy. I'm going to be more conscious about the coffee I drink. I want to make sure that this isn't something that will end up, you know, hurting me because I'm doing it in an, uh, let's say you're either overdoing it or you're just like not mindful of what you're taking in. Personally speaking, I've noticed that I I'm dependent on smoking to mellow me out, right? To, to help me reach my balance. But if I constantly need to smoke to find a balance, then what's going to happen if I'm stuck without it, I should know, I should know how to bring balance to my body, to my mind, you know, bring myself focused without needing a substance. This also gets into the concept of free will, right? If you believe in free will, you you believe that, that you can consciously do whatever you want. You needing to do something is not you exerting free will. Because at that point, if you're like, Oh, man, I I, I really want to, you know, like, uh, have fun at this party, but I need to get drunk. Otherwise, I can't have fun at this party. Do you see how you're you're giving away that authority? You're, at that point, you're not choosing to drink. The drink already chose you. You were going to drink regardless. If if you need coffee to function, you're you're not exerting your free will because you're going to go to that coffee no matter what. Maybe some of you just start making coffee without thinking. Could that actually be free will? And I mean, I, I'm also speaking from experience where there's sometimes where I'll think, oh, maybe I do want to smoke. And then I find myself already smoking without like, really just like, oh man, how did this happen? It happened so fast. So it's important to know where you're putting your energy, where, where your will is. And so let's get into the fun part. What does any of this have to do with selling your soul? Well, as, as I was explaining earlier, when you're dependent on something, it's, you're giving it your power. Well, I think that selling your soul is a symbol for the same thing, where if you're talking about soul selling, it's what's called a Faustian pact. Maybe you've heard of it online through some videos, through some friends of what is, you know, what is that Faustian pact? It's selling your soul to the devil. And it comes from uh, the story of Dr. Faustus, which is a play, and it was written by Christopher Marlowe. And this is an old, 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 old story. Uh, it's an uh, El- Elizabethan, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabethan, I think it was called. Like, how was I an English major? Don't even know this, but. It was from the Elizabeth era of uh, England. So maybe, I, I, there's definitely stories have, of bargaining with demons, with spirits, but the term Faustian pact comes from Dr. Faustus. And so in this play, you have this German scholar. He's very smart, and he's like one of those really snobby, smart people where he's just like, I've learned all that I could, and all of this knowledge bores me. So he essentially, he essentially like links up with some friends who put him onto magic. Through that magic, he summons a demon, whose name I will not say if you really want to know, you could look up the story. Although I'm just going to say this right now, be very wary of the entities you name, because just like, let's say you're walking down the street and someone says, Hey, Jorge, I'm going to turn, I'm going to look. And it's kind of the same with spirits. Uh So just, you know, just little, little memo, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, back, back to this. So Dr Faustus he, says he ends up summoning this demon, makes a deal with the devil, and he just wants to live twenty four years of being a badass, right? and afterwards he'll he'll burn in hell without. he didn't really care. So he lived his life, and there's actually two versions of this text: version a, where at the end, you know the demons come drag him to hell. and version two, where at the end, he gets his ass jumped by demons and then they drag him to hell. Um, either way, you see the cost of, okay, awesome, you had twenty four fun years on earth, but now you're in hell. And so when people think of selling your soul, obviously you're like, oh, well, I haven't signed, you know, a contract in blood with a, with a demon. I'm good, you know, like I haven't done anything like that. And while that's true, I think it's important to think of the Faustian Pact in a more modern way. Like what could the Faustian Pact look like today? The modern Faustian Pact isn't signing a contract with a demon. The modern Faustian Pact is the way that we trade away our spiritual growth, our spiritual sustenance for pleasure. Porn, drugs, right, drinking, all these different addictions. You see what that turns people into. You see the extents that people go through to feel good, the extents we go to in order to feel good. If you've been experiencing this year full of stress and you find yourself running to whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking, whether it's eating, whatever it is that makes you feel good. If you find yourself working out more, going tanning more, whatever it is that makes you feel good. If you find yourself doing that to run from your problems, running from your problems, running from those obstacles is running from the growth that those obstacles will bring you. You're trading away that spiritual growth, that potential growth, because you want to feel good and this is important because we all want to feel good and it is not a crime to feel good but when that when you start choosing that release that that dopamine that feeling of pleasure over your spiritual work that you came here to do now you're giving away that potential growth that you're here to experience and this is crucial at this time because this year has not been a coincidence. This year has not been a coincidence. You have signed contracts, whether it's the lease to an apartment or a home, whether it's a social contract with a partner or some friends, whether it's the contract for your job. You signed spiritual contracts with your parents and siblings. These contracts have been signed. Now you're here dealing with the outcome of what these contracts bring you. Are you happy with the way these contracts are going? This year has not been a coincidence. Things are falling apart for a reason, and they are not done. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Bichina, has uh, she put up on her Instagram a prophecy, a prophecy talking about just more so the way the years are gonna go, the way this year is gonna wrap up, and November marks a very big shift for people for the mass consciousness and for in the individual consciousness there's going to be a big change coming and as in describing this big change essentially it was just it's going to change the way governments and policing bodies interact with with the people they're they're supposed to be protecting or governing with a big, the big thing that she addressed was it's going to impact you and the way you keep your peace. It's going, it can be stressful, but it's going to impact the way you keep your peace. So what have you been doing lately? How have you been keeping your peace? How have you been working on yourself? Are you doing things that nurture you? Are you even paying attention to the things you're doing or are you on autopilot? Sometimes we go on autopilot, right? Sometimes like, okay, I'm going to go to class from this time to that time, work after. Then I got to take care of this person. Then I got to take care of these things. And it's just like, you're not even thinking, you're just doing. But when you go on autopilot, you're not paying attention to what you're doing. You're just doing. You have to live consciously. Because if you don't, then you're not living in the moment. And if you're not living in the moment, all you're dealing with is the consequences of actions that you did not consciously participate in. And so for those of us who are dependent on substances to find our center, to, find, you know, to feel functional, it's time we stop giving away our authority, our power to these substances. It's time we stop giving all our authority to these jobs, right? To say, oh, I, I can't live without this job. You know, this job supports me. What am I going to do without it? You are plenty and you are enough without it. So you signing that contract, signing away eight hours or more of your day, signing away a third of your life to work, that's giving away your spiritual growth, your spiritual vitality to this job, to this organization. Stop spending time with people that don't nurture you, that don't like what you say. Life is too short to to spend it with shitty friends. Life is too short to spend it with people that don't want to see you succeed. Stop enabling your bad habits. If you find yourself explaining why you drink five cups of coffee a day, if you find yourself explaining to yourself why, you, why, why you're on, on porn sites all day every day, if you find yourself rationalizing why you spend $100 a week on weed, stop and really pay attention to what you're doing. And this is uncomfortable work. But you can't grow when you're comfortable. It's when you're uncomfortable. So I hope this podcast episode made you uncomfortable so that you could really reflect. Because none of us are perfect. We all have work to do. And that work is daunting. It is scary. And I myself am, am struggling with that discipline of, look, I'm here to be sober, okay? I'm here to say, hey, look. I understand that, yes, smoking weed makes me feel awesome. I feel like I connect to the world on a different level, but I must find that connection outside of smoking. I'm here to be me. I'm here to experience me, yes, but I'm not here to do it in a way where I'm I'm giving away my authority to, to, to a substance outside of me. So the work starts today. Take it day by day, because that's the only way through. But it's going to be okay. You know, fine. Listen to your body. Listen to your heart. Listen to your mind in conjunction with your heart. What do you need? How, what do you need to thrive? How do you work best? And if you're dependent on something, just admit. Just be conscious of it. Because that's what's going to empower you to change. So that's dependency. And the way we sell our soul. And, you know, since we're talking about the soul, since we're talking about this, this trading away, it, it is perfect to, you know, start going and segueing into the poems of heaven and hell. I hope you found that talk, you know, inspiring or just just informative. Maybe you just need to get called out on your bad habits. But to close this episode, I want to read these two poems, heaven and hell. Heaven. Today with. Whenever my time is up and I am free of people and the moments they leave behind stuff like napkins in my coats that I'll throw out eventually, I will breathe and leave the shatters of my shame by the door. I'll leave them. I'll leave the mess, the stress, the heavy of the day. Because our love is like a revolving door and I am welcome. But my demons are not, so they rot and they burn, taking turns, becoming new. Hell, today without. Soy puto, which means I got a heart like a revolving door, mommy. But you and your demons are welcome here. You can make a mess of things inside me. Ain't gotta worry about picking up after yourself when you leave. I'll collect the shattered ship by the door and take it out. Eventually. You can fold our fucks into a napkin and stuff them into my coat. I'm a keeper of moments, not a keeper of people. And you are free to go whenever our time is up. What I really like about those two poems, it's that heaven is whenever my time is up and then it goes kind of down, which goes downward into demons becoming new. And so hell is the same poem, but in reverse. So it starts with the revolving door and then it ends with the time, you know, going up. So hell, heaven, today with, is like like having that love. Hell today without is not having it. And it's the same poem, just when hell is just written backwards. And that took me forever to write. So I'm really, I really love those poems. And I wish I would have shared them for the heaven hell episode, but you know what? Life ain't always perfect, but it's still beautiful. And I hope that you're able to find that beauty in your life. Check out the podcast every other Sunday. Rate, review on iTunes. Follow, follow me on on Instagram at Jorge Quintana Poetry or the podcast at The Spirits and Poetry. Have a beautiful life. Live it in a way that. Live it in a way that will be magical. Much love. Take care.